0: Hello dudes, dudettes, duders and everything in between and welcome to the Hollywood Fishbowl. My name is Jesse and I'm your host and we have got a doozy, a humdinger of a guest today. We are talking to uh, ambient music, emotional artist, Mimi Page. Now, I don't, I don't really, I don't claim to know genres, and, and this is one of the situations where that's getting me in trouble. You will hear examples of her music throughout this episode, so, you know, you don't even have to lean on me to tell you what kind of music it is. This has been a long time coming, this interview, and one that we've been looking forward to for a while over here at the Fishbowl, and we'll get into who Mimi Page is and how this one came together in not. But a moment. But first I do want to talk a little bit about how the fishbowl is made. This is not arbitrary. This ties into the conversation with Mimi and you'll see how it all fits together in in hardly several minutes. How's that for ambiguity? Um, how, how we make this program, what you get is about an hour conversation with our guest, but that's not what we do. They don't come in, plop down, talk for an hour, and then shuffle off, no, 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 no. What happens is uh, the guest will show up, we'll do about 15-20 uh, minutes of tea sipping and pre-conversation where uh, I, I try to suss out some interesting points of dialogue that we can come back to, that we can circle around to in the actual interview. Uh, and I try to get an idea if there are any, any no-go topics, anything that we shouldn't be talking about, any, any uh, open wounds I shouldn't be poking at. Uh, that goes on for 15-20, and then we get into the actual conversation. What you get is an hour, but that doesn't mean we record an hour. We record about an hour 15 to an hour 30 for the, the majority of our guests, knowing that uh, I'm going to be chopping this thing down. Um, if the conversation has a lull. L-U-L-L, we will we will excise that in post to get to the lols L-O-L-S, even sooner. Uh, after the conversation is done, uh, I, I don't pick them up by the collar and kick them in the butt right out the door so they fly away comically. Instead, what we do is about 20, 30 minutes of still photos and a little wind down, a little wind down conversation. Um, this is like a aftercare, I believe it would be called in, in the industry. <laughs> Um, we did, we did some aftercare on the Mimi conversation and we'll talk about that after we talk about Mimi and we're, we're almost, we're almost there. Uh, now how this came about, how this came about, uh, was through this episode's sponsor, the feature length docudrama, the trade Directed and star, directed by and starring in, in which he is starring Matthew Burns, a uh, uh, retired wrestler. He was Sick Nick Mondo back in the day and he made a film about his time as Sick Nick and his retirement and then his return to the ring. That film is available on Amazon Prime. And it's good if you're not squeamish. If you're squeamish, uh, you you can go ahead and skip this one. It is not for everybody. It is the story of of ultraviolet. of a It is a wrestler's story of his experiences in the ultraviolet, not ultraviolet, ultraviolet circuit. So if that doesn't sound like something that would appeal to you, you're off the hook. But if that sounds good, then you should go check it out. Uh, Amazon Prime, The Trade, and give it a five-star review and a couple of kind words when you're done watching it. Those kind words and that five-star are earned. Why is that the sponsor? Because Mimi Page did the score for The Trade. So we got our connection through Matt Burns uh, to, to Mimi. Uh, I, sta- I became familiar with her music through the film, The Trade, then started looking it up on the YouTubes and enjoyed it there. And then I started looking it up on the SoundClouds and enjoyed it there. And then I went whole hog and looked it up on Amazon, where uh, you're allowed to pay money for these things that you enjoy. And I, and I bought her records and I, and I enjoyed them all. They're, they're, it's really good, really solid, kind of ambient, drifty, dreamy uh, pop music. I don't even know if it fits into pop, but we'll go with it. Like I said, not a genre guy. Uh, deal with it. So, uh, through Matt, we got to have this conversation with Mimi. And, uh, Mimi is a very, uh, open and honest person. She is not scared to talk about, uh, heavy things. And we get into heavy things and we get into them very early in this chat. We kind of hit the ground running. That's why I wanted to set it up that, that we didn't actually hit the ground running at that speed. There's 20 minutes of pre-conversation before we press record, So, uh, so you have some, some context for that, that, that land that we do, um, throughout the conversation, we do talk about, uh, hallucinogenics and we talk about depression and we talk about trauma and we talk about, uh, Mimi's good experiences with hallucinogenics and how they helped her process childhood trauma and help her, uh, process depression, which she battles with now, um, I also talk about my experiences with hallucinogenics and I come off very positive. That's why we're doing this setup, because uh, it is not an endorsement of controlled or uncontrolled substances. We are two people talking openly and honestly about our experiences. Our experiences were both positive, but that doesn't mean that all experiences are positive and we are not recommending that if you're coupling with depression or you're trying to process uh, recent or distant trauma, that you you turn to uh, hallucinogens. I would recommend turning to a medical professional, uh, talking to them, uh, and exploring chemical compounds carefully and slowly, and uh, from a place of health and of strength. Um, but but. That said, like I, uh, my job as, a, as an interviewer is not to steamroll the guest and lecture them on every point that I don't agree with uh, one-to-one, even though I do agree with her one-to-one on this one, and you'll hear about all that. Um, my job is to kind of keep the conversation going and flowing. Uh, my job as a journalist, I have been described as an almost journalist, and I'm very proud of that title, is is to approach these conversations with a bit more uh, uh, clinical responsibility than if it was just a straight chit chat. So that's what I'm doing here at the top, is addressing it with uh, you know a, a little bit more of a, a somber, level headed view. And then you'll hear in the interview the the way we run this dialogue, the way I run the my half of the dialogue in a way that I think will keep the conversation moving, which it does but i don't think it tells the whole story thank god for intros that we can record and post to tell the whole story um another thing that we kind of touch on but don't talk about on mic is uh mimi does describe g- kind of a hole in her heart that has been with her her entire life and uh um a, a dalliance if you would in in hallucinogenics um this, this is quite a, a cocktail, quite a, a potent cocktail that could lead to uh, 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 addiction. I talked to her about this after the conversation. After the mics were off, I raised this and we talked about it uh, in private. And I just wanted uh, wanted that to be also on the table that um, be, please do be careful with the holes in your heart and chemical supplements for filling them uh, they can be an avenue to healthy self-discovery, but they can also very quickly be uh, an avenue to self-destruction. And uh, just just wanted to get those two biggins out of the way at the top so that you could enjoy the rest of the conversation with, with a little bit more framing than you get in your typical Hollywood fishbowl episodes. So... Um, I will say a sincere thank you for listening. Uh, we did get a new review this week and we're saving that for next week because I've already gone so long on this intro. Uh, so so we'll be we'll be reading that one on the air next week. And again, sincere thank you, not just to Mimi Page for taking the time to come over and uh, show us the world through her eyes, but also a very sincere thank you to Matt Burns, uh, director and star of The Trade, which you can go see now on Amazon.com prime and while you're at amazon you can go ahead and find uh mimi's music uh mp3 cd whatever whatever tickles your pickle i believe the expression is not anyway thank you for listening and now without further ado mimi page drops Morpheus is, is fighting, fighting Neo! Hello and welcome to the Hollywood Fishbowl. My name is Jesse, I'm your host, and today I am joined by the one, the only, the illustrious... Mimi Page. Awesome! Thank you so much for coming on. Is Mimi the real name? Is that on your birth certificate? That's the real name. That's awesome! How'd yeah. that happen?
1: Um, a lot of labor pains. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> And the music is winding down. We'll be done in a moment, and here it comes Morpheus. Is done fighting I Neo. Call,
1: I call them Nemo, not Neo.
0: I'm so you called him Nemo. Yes, that's sweet though. That's like Finding Nemo. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Have you Have you seen The Matrix? Mm-hmm. Okay, and you've <laughs> so you know that.
1: I know it's not <laughs> Nemo. Okay. I, I had sushi yesterday, so.
0: Dude, that's ice cold. <laughs> That's so So mean. If your heart goes to Nemo and you're like, yeah, because of the sushi. That's (laughs) savage. So what we do at the top of the show is I ask, uh, we have five and five. So it's going to be five minutes. Okay. Five questions. You have one minute per answer. And we're going to hear little beepy sounds that tell you your time is coming to an end when we get to the end of the question. Okay? Okay. All right. Here we go. You ready? Yeah. Question one. Where did you grow up and how did it inform your adulthood?
1: Oh, wow. Um, I was born in Los Angeles, but I traveled the world and almost every 50, almost every 50 states Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, with my mother. She was a Broadway performer. So I traveled more in the first four years of my life than I have as an entire adult. So
0: which states have you not made
1: Uh, the Dakotas? And I think Wisconsin.
0: Okay, but you've been to Alaska and Hawaii. Yes, those are the two that feel far away from me. Oh, well, they're me get the, to those.
1: They're my favorites. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: No, I'm. I'm all in for not the state. It's the Grand Canyon. That's oh. where I felt the most. Just like, what is this country?
1: Oh, I, I felt that in Yosemite. That's my favorite. Really? Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. So we have some, we have some common ground. <laughs> was she a choir, chorus, or lead?
1: Uh, she was a lead. She was no Cassie in a chorus line and uh, in the original Chicago.
0: That's awesome. Oh. You ready for question number two? Yes. Here it comes. What is the must engage media for you? Like the movie, the book, the album? What? What? What should everybody have experienced before they pass away?
1: Oh gosh, um, music by Deuter.
0: <laughs> what?
1: Yeah, D E U T E R. Deuter is the most profound, incredible. Uh, Artist on this planet at least to me his music feels like heaven it will chill you out and calm you down and bring you to the deepest state of serenity within five minutes of listening to him
0: is deuter in kind of the same lane that you work in
1: he's more um new age like no vocals all instrumental um world music meditation music
0: have you done any vocal free tracks
1: vocal free track
0: like just no vocal do you ever do just i do music? Yeah. okay okay yeah I, so that yeah okay uh and is there an album by deuter that people should check out like what's the first on koyasan. koyasan spell it quick you've only got a second
1: i, I can't
0: haha <laughs> <laughs> never mind uh what is the greatest source of joy in your life
1: oh what a beautiful question um being in nature I would say Yosemite is my home. Um, every time I've visited there, I feel the deepest sense of peace and serenity, um, especially in the valley, looking at uh, the waterfall and being in those beautiful giant sequoia groves. It's just everything to me. That place.
0: Do you dig? You dig living in the desert at all, or is it?
1: I love Joshua Tree, but it's okay. it's too barren. I I feel. I feel the trees, man. <laughs> okay, okay,
0: so so you need the greenery. I need the greenery. In the scenery.
1: Yeah, in the scenery.
0: Okay, yeah. okay, that's all fair. Anywhere else in America or in the world? Where? Okay, hey, back up. Yeah. Not America. Not America. Yeah, you've seen more than just this... Fine country, where, where where on the planet?
1: Well, I was gonna say Hawaii, but that's okay, here. That's, hey, yes.
0: that's non-continental, but that's U.S. Where else else? Um,
1: I, I, I want to go to Japan so badly.
0: You haven't been there. I haven't been there. Well, I'd love to talk to you more about that, but the time's up on okay. that question. <laughs> Next, what gets under your skin?
1: Oh, um arrogance and uh, brutality and narcissism. I can't stand when people do not have empathy for their fellow man. And I can't tolerate that.
0: That's uh, the shortest version. We (laughs) (laughs) This kicks off a good minute plus of of something or other. They are with you on it. I think of a lot of my life. I've always said just a bully, nothing more that I hate more than a bully. Yeah. And that's kind of all those things wrapped up into one.
1: Yeah, the hardest thing is that I try to have compassion for everybody and bullies, I think, are the most insecure out of everyone, but you can't get to somebody who inflicts pain on others.
0: I want to come back to that one. Okay. But we're going to go to the last question in the five. Mm-hmm. You've been at it for a minute. You know your way around the industry a bit. You know your way around the microphone. Yeah. What's your advice for people who are just kicking off?
1: Just kicking off? Yeah. Yeah. Do not worry about anything except who you are and what you have to say and shining your light, even your weirdness into this world, because people need to see originality and feel your pain and your joy and every single part of you. So do not worry about what everyone else is doing. Do not care about how much money you're going to make. You just do you and you just shine your light. That's it
0: do you feel like your weirdness was on the surface from the beginning or do you have to you have to
1: i i I was born weird i am i'm too sensitive so i'm just (laughs) constantly you know i I didn't learn that i could sing until i was 15 because i was terrified to speak so you know i I, my greatest fear became my career so that's kind of my weirdness (laughs)
0: And that triple beat means you've made it to the end of five and five, and here's what we like to do when that happens: to celebrate. <laughs> All right, so now we can kind of ease ease off a little bit. We just do that. I like to I like to have something that we can post on the Instagrams, a little minute or oh, less nice video clips, yeah. uh, give people a, a broad stroke image of who we're talking to at the top of the show. How do you introduce yourself? Well, I, I could I could sit here and try to frame you, but um, but I'm gonna let you try to frame you.
1: Uh, my name is Mimi Page. Um, I am energy experiencing a human body, and I enjoy singing and writing songs. And uh, I guess my music is more like sonic painting. I like to create environments and worlds with sound. Uh, I like to capture feelings and put them into melodies and, you know, whatever I'm feeling, I want someone else to feel and dive deep within their own, their own self.
0: That was all heady and theoretical, so what I would like <laughs> to do... So
1: sorry! No, 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 what I'd like to do <laughs>
0: is, is, with your kind permission, I would like to, to play one of your tracks so that people can kind of familiarize themselves with who, who you are as an artist, and um, and we'll be back in, in due time. <laughs> you like that one? Yeah. Let's go back. Let's go back to the Broadway days. Yeah. What? What? You're, you're four years old. Do you have memories of that?
1: Really, age uh, one and a half to four. Um, mm-hmm. I do. I remember every single day was a new city, um, and I basically lived backstage watching my mother and all her incredible uh, colleagues singing and dancing. And I was the only child on tour, so I got mm-hmm. so much love and treatment from such a great energetic group of people. Um, I got to tour and, um, you know, it it was really interesting though, because I was more of an observer and, introspective of life because everyone else was loud and performing and musical theater is very, you know, boisterous.
0: They're big personalities that find themselves on the stage in Broadway.
1: Yeah. And naturally I've always been very quiet and peaceful. And my mom always wanted me to take after her and become a dancer. And The first album I ever bought, I was on tour with her and I saw an ad for uh, Pure Moods. If mm-hmm. you remember, like it had like Enigma and Enya and like mm, all these yep, like yep, 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 really old school nineties, like, you know, metaphysical new age things. And I begged her, I said, you have to buy me that album. And she goes, really this type of music? I said, you have to. And I played that nonstop and that ended up being like my style of music. So that kind of like, you know, the the juxtaposition of the loudness of my environment with me Um, I think it helped draw me out to a certain extent, but then also show me that I am just as loud in a quiet way, if that makes sense.
0: That's going to be one of the poll quotes we use. (laughs) I'm just as loud in a quiet way. (laughs) So wait, where's where's your dad? Is he on tour with you or is that
1: No, he's uh, out of the picture and always has been out of the
0: picture. Have you met him at all or Uh,
1: he lost uh custody when I was a child and I met him once when I was 15 and that was very tumultuous. Mm-hmm. Um and then I actually um <laughs> this is super crazy. I had a plant medicine ceremony, um, kind of did. De-
0: hold up. We got to back up. Cause yeah. <laughs> you know, of course, obviously I know what a plant medicine ceremony is, but <laughs> some of our listeners might not. So if you could break that down for a yeah, minute,
1: it was kind of deep. Um, well I did, um, t- cause I've battled depression a lot of my life, you know, mm-hmm. and I think being raised by a single parent, you understand financially it's really difficult. And then you as a woman grow up with a hole inside of yourself, if you don't have an active father, So, you know, just with all of that, I've battled demons and depression and self-esteem issues. Um, So I have kind of experimented in plant medicine to heal those aspects of myself because with modern therapy, I don't think a lot of it goes deep enough. And Mm -hmm. there's something to thousand year old um, healing rituals, you know, all across the world that aren't really acceptable in the U.S. So I I did. Um, a few of them. And one of them, I saw a vision of my father and I hadn't spoken to him in over 10 years. And
0: uh wait, uh, can, just to be clear, are we talking like, you know, like an aloe rub or are we talking like Uh, ayahuasca Ayahuasca. okay okay just sorry (laughs) it's like we're running a little a little vague on this one yeah i
1: just had an aloe rep and i had these visions (laughs) Okay. okay yeah but um i i did i saw a vision of every single human being who had hurt me but from a child's perspective and i visited all of these different people and i forgave them and i had so much love in that deep I guess hypnotic state Mm -hmm. and I saw him and I just had nothing but love for him and no joke three months later he contacted me and I hadn't spoken to him in 10 years.
0: (laughs) Just so you don't feel like you're free floating in the world of hallucinogenics. (laughs) We kind of hit the ground running on this one. (laughs) Um, There was a... uh, now, if, if you, like, here's, here's my hypocrisy, if we could get into that. Yeah, sure. If you had said like, yeah, it was an aloe rub and that's how I stay mentally sane, <laughs> I, would been, I would have been rolling my eyes like, that's bullshit, <laughs> aloe rubs don't do nothing. But uh, no, I, I, I ate mushrooms quite a while ago and I got to see like the world without time and I could feel <gasps> myself as a 40 year old wow. and I knew like there was a wife with me and, but I couldn't see her face but it, the the feeling of her was there and then i i felt very you know like it was it was i was able to see from when i was a child to when i was a uh, what i considered to be an old man at the time <laughs> so just so you don't feel like you're free falling i i do believe that uh hallucinogenics are freaking awesome
1: thank you <laughs> you know what what i really respect about that is that um there there's such a stigma i don't mm-hmm. believe i i totally believe in the difference between drugs and medicine and I think that approaching some of these holistically, they are so profoundly healing. They've reached deeper into my psyche and then also showed me there's so much more to reality than what we can see with our third dimensional point of view. And I think you seeing outside of time was you going from that higher perspective and seeing the totality of your existence as a human being.
0: There was so much breathing room in that space. It was so comfortable. And then the, the thing was, I couldn't see her face. And the reason was I, I'm now married and I'm married to an African woman. I had never considered uh, like I never thought in my future I'd, I'd be married to a black woman. And I think that's why I couldn't see her face was because I hadn't like I hadn't considered that. And now that I see her face, like it, it, it fits very well with that experience I had back then. So it could, you know, I could be reverse engineering a memory, but it also it could just be like, there is a world without time that we exist in too.
1: There is. And we could be living that right now, Yeah, which we are. So, I just think that that confirms it though. Yeah.
0: It, it was a very good experience. And I'm glad yeah. that you got to like that. If you die without having forgiven people, mm-hmm. that's on you yeah like they can die without saying sorry, and that's not your fault right but i'm I'm glad you got to kind of look look into it and see these people that hurt you and yeah, just be like, you know, guys, you did what you did.
1: Well, that's what I learned because I don't speak to him. I I met him and I actually had gotten married that year. So it was almost like the universe gave me a gift that my two biological parents could be at my wedding. And, you know, I walked myself down the aisle because that that was the most empowering choice I could have. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I learned who he was and I heard his side of the story and I realized we still were not a match.
0: Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. But
1: I could let go for myself and not have this piece of me missing like or resenting him i just i think that if you can let go of somebody in your life with love and Mm -hmm. say your path even if you created me is not for my highest good in my life now that's so much better than being like oh you know like i've suffered so much because of you you know and having that type of anger yeah yeah so
0: would you say that you love him now could you could you express how you relate to him as love
1: my love My love is very um, stern and Mm -hmm. I'm loving him more from a parental perspective.
0: Okay. You know, (laughs) that happens too. You know, I mean like
1: both of his parents actually escaped the Holocaust. They were, my grandparents met in a Nazi camp, a work farm and they escaped and had two children. My dad being one of them. Mm -hmm. And I cannot imagine the brutality they experienced. My grandparents and being raised you know, poor and escaping true war and one of the yeah, worst things in yeah. history. So I have such compassion for my father. I have no idea what it would like be like to grow up like that. Yeah. And I don't think he had the tools to become a father and a stable human being. There wasn't therapy back then.
0: The vocabulary that we have, we have so much intellectual technology today to talk about what we're experiencing and how we feel experiencing it and how we can improve those feelings and yeah. how we can better experience the world. Or They didn't have yeah. it. They just didn't have, they didn't have the time to make, they were busy not, being killed by Nazis yeah. like there was a lot to do back then yeah Do you identify Jewish? Do you feel Jewish?
1: Actually, they weren't Jewish. They were uh, Polish-Ukrainian.
0: Dude, the Nazis sucked.
1: Aren't they awful?
0: They were just, like, the worst.
1: But, dude, get this. My grandmother was in uh, Ukraine, and her sister starved to death under Stalin. And then, you know, she's, like, I guess, four to to ten years old in extreme famine. Mm -hmm. And then Stalin, you know, wipes her family out, and then the Nazis come and abduct her and then throw her in a camp as her teen years. So Mm -hmm. it's like, you know... That's just insanity.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, they're not going to they they're just not going to have the vocabulary and the the skills to raise uh, children in a peaceful chi- way. Yeah. Know, yeah. So
1: I think the, the the biggest thing I've learned and I'm so grateful to the plant medicine because mm-hmm. my human mind holds grudges and feels the injustice of growing up and you know dating bad people because I didn't have a father figure but my higher self which I was introduced to was saying, look, you know, you, we are constantly evolving. This human being who created you came from this, and you cannot, you know, expect him to have the same mentality and consciousness that yeah. you do now. Yeah. So that type of awareness unlocked so much peace within myself.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is the, the there are some things. Like, let let me pull it back to the Grand Canyon in a way that will make absolutely no sense. So please stay limber with me. Anything
1: nature makes all the sense to me.
0: (laughs) Like, until you see the Grand Canyon, you can't fathom seeing the Grand Canyon. It's like the biggest thing in the world. I agree. And you can't can't simulate that experience. So when when you talk about, like, hallucinogenics, I I call them hallucinogenics, you call them plant medicine? Plant medicine. When you talk about plant medicine, it's like they're, they're... are things that you can't see until you have seen them. Yes. And you have to go to the Grand Canyon to see the Grand Canyon. You, yeah. Like there's as much nothing in the sky above you at all times as there is in the Grand Canyon. It's just air. That's all it is. There's nothing there. And that's what's neat about it. But looking at the sky doesn't simulate the experience of looking at the Grand Canyon. I agree. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. Let's Let's lighten the mood, no. shall we? <laughs> <laughs> this has been a, a hell of a first 10, 20 minutes.
1: Dude, I dive deep with everyone. That's so fine. Is, You're yeah.
0: warmly welcome to. So uh, you grow up in a little bit inside yourself, surrounded by people who are loudly outside themselves. What happens at 15 that you find your vocabulary as a, as a singer?
1: Well, I always was trying to emulate my mother, who has a very Belting loud voice, and mm-hmm. her sister, my aunt, is an opera singer. My entire family—they're all musicians. So I had no one that sounded like me,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I would sing just for myself. I would always play piano. I was writing songs on the piano since I was five years old. So I never thought about adding vocals with or, or my poetry and crafting songs because I'm like, you know, you have to have this type of pop vocal to sing. Until I found uh Tori Amos and Enya those two artists changed my life
0: which record Tori record was oh my, oh, what did you kick off on Boys what was for your Pele. First? okay dude okay <laughs> <laughs> that is such a good record <laughs>
1: I love you this is amazing
0: that sometimes I just like I sit and stare at that cover yeah just think, the
1: pig and the no the gun right okay Boys it's for Pele.
0: There is so much like there, there is no way to to misinterpret that cover as a man loving album. No, nope. there's a snake wrapped around her yeah. leg. Her dress is ripped right down the middle. Yep. She has a shotgun, and there's a pig next to her. But she's it's
1: nursing, like, right? Oh, she nurse- I think she's nursing the pig. It's
0: like so, There's so much. Oh
1: yeah.
0: Clear, clear emotion. Oh in that. yeah. You know what it kind of reminds me of? Have you seen "This Is America"? The the uh, Childish Gambino Donald Glover video. Yes. It's kind of like that level of just clarity of of rage but also clear thinking and artistic intent yes so okay so you're you're deep in boys for paleo you're you're a blood roses girl or i Okay. Okay. How,
1: that is. Oh my God. I have chills right now because okay. no, no one I know really knows that record or Boys for Pele. I okay. actually, on my piano jury, played Boys for Pele. Are you kidding? I scrapped my Bach and played Boys for Pele, and my teacher hated me for really? it.
0: Really? That's I, not an easy piece. That that is a difficult one to play. It
1: is. I was like, you know, but it's harpsichord. But I played yeah. it on the piano. But yeah, um, Boys for Pele, and then Horses, and you know, um, oh, Horses,
0: Horses is terrifying. Oh, that one, God. like that, it takes what, like five ten minutes to. build? Build up to it. And then yeah. once it gets going, you're just like, where am
1: I? Oh my gosh. That revolutionized because I don't think really linear, I think very abstractly.
0: Yeah. And yeah. It,
1: she showed me that without structure and following an emotion, you can be just as effective and relatable to people. And I'd never understood that. And then I discovered Enya who -hmm. had the tonality of my voice. And I was like, Oh my God. Yep.
0: Yep. Is is that like, like getting permission to do what you were going to do? Like you, this is a thing that is legitimate. Yes. I
1: I felt like she was like my spirit mother. Like she was like, here's, here's the door I opened for you. You know, you can be, Just as powerful, but soft
0: and you can reach people like
1: that. And, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't all about, because I grew up in the Broadway world about, you know, being energetic and I am so about being relaxed.
0: Yeah. It's not all showstoppers. Yes. Yeah.
1: I felt like I had permission to be myself. Exactly. That's
0: a beautiful moment. That's a very, very beautiful moment. You know where
1: I found her was Yosemite. It was so crazy. I was I was mm-hmm. thirteen, and I actually um, was gifted, or my aunt had the Enya record, and I was in, like you said, the Grand Canyon type style, and I was looking mm-hmm. at those trees and hearing her, and I heard my future.
0: Just so you know, um, I think Yosemite might be your Grand Canyon. So yes. we, anytime you say Yosemite, I'm just going to hear Grand Canyon. Yes. Anytime I say Grand Canyon, you hear Yosemite. But <laughs> yeah. I think it's the same experience. It's the same thing. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So you get permission. Then do you start recording right away or when do you like.
1: So, well, here's what's interesting. Um, I was only on the piano um, and then I I met my father for the first time and I had kind of a nervous breakdown where Mm -hmm. like I just completely shut down because I, I couldn't handle that. And I just also kind of hit my hormones really hard. So I just started ditching school a lot and I couldn't focus and didn't really want to do anything. You know, my mom's like, you gotta, you know, go to school. And I'm like, I don't want to. So, um, she, you know, it took me to an uh, incredible influence in my life. One of her best friends from Broadway, uh, Dean Pitchford, who wrote uh, Footloose and Fame and oh, okay. it was just like an incredible human being. And she took me, she goes, Dean, help her. And Dean's like, What do you want to do in life? What makes you happy? And I said, Music. And he said, Then do that maybe you should switch to a music academy. And I'm like, I never thought of that. And so we investigated and I found uh, junior year, if I auditioned, I could uh, possibly be accepted for piano to uh, the Hamilton Music Academy. Mm -hmm. And so I went and I auditioned and I got in But when I auditioned, there was this other, I don't even know how I got there, but there was this room that was open and I went inside. There were all these computers and it was the music technology class. And I had never even heard of that. I didn't even really use a computer. Um, And uh, I met the teacher and he said, hey, yeah, you know, we we make records here and we record music and sound and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is how my favorite artists get their music onto record. And I was like, can I please, 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 please audition for you? And I played him all my stuff. And he said, look, he's like, you're already a junior. I'll just let you in the advanced class um, and just do it. And so right when I got into that class, I was like a fish in water. I learned how to record my voice. With you know my piano, and I'm like, well, what if I put reverb on my voice? And I heard this beautiful sound come out. It wasn't just a soft sound, but it was echoing and it was like reverberating, and it sounded like being you know in the canyons of Yosemite. Mm-hmm. And I put delay on it, and then I'm like, what if I you know recorded myself singing ten times, and I created a choir out
0: of if me. One's good, ten's gotta ten's be, great. Gonna be great. Yeah,
1: <laughs> this will be amazing. It'll be amazing. So I did that, and that's how I just really discovered my sound. And then I put out an EP. In that class uh, that year. And then the next year, I put out an EP and another album. And then I started adding my songs to MySpace from that class and started getting a following on MySpace, Mm -hmm. and then reached out to a radio station and got added to that radio station. And I started my career from that class.
0: Hold up. Stop. Rewind. Was it a one-to-one? Did you just submit your stuff to one radio station? They were like, (laughs) yes, you're in the club. Let's (laughs) do it. Okay.
1: I went on uh,
0: suspiciously easy.
1: No iTunes. I was looking up everything that could sound like me, like all the electronic ambient Mm -hmm. type things. And I submitted to like 500 different stations and one wrote back and the one that wrote back was Soma FM, which is my favorite station to this day and has opened up so many doors for me because you know, directors of films have yep. reached out and had me score their films. And so it's like the one answer that I got ended up being the only one that I needed.
0: Now, I I got a question um, about depression. Yes. You experience depression. You submit to 500 stations and you get one acceptance. <laughs> how does that, how does that sit?
1: <laughs> I think the greatest... Does it gift-
0: feel good or... When 499 say no, (laughs) how do you navigate that?
1: I think when you have nothing to lose, Mm -hmm. there's this fire that, you know, only being massively depressed, but like you're on survival mode. You're Mm -hmm. just like, you know, that one, I'm just going to make it work. I'm just going to make it work because, you know, I just think like at that period in my life there's also when you're a depressed youth there's also a rage that's in there and that rage is such a passion and fire that keeps you going it's not like you know later on when you're like i've already done it all what do i yeah, do now yeah, yeah, you yeah, know yeah, yeah. it's more like i haven't done anything yet yeah. so <laughs> i
0: haven't done anything and everything is wrong with the world and i'm the only one who can fix it that's then, it yeah let's, <laughs> let's get into it yeah do you think i mean as you grow up you start to become not not you i mean generally people you start to become more sensitive about what Your parents, like when you're a kid, you look at your parents and you're like, that's the final answer to everything. But then as you grow up, you start to realize, I mean, you might not have had that so much with your dad, but with your mom, at least you start to notice that maybe she was struggling with depression, too. Or is that is it hereditary or was it?
1: I think. I just had a huge healing with my mom just the past couple of years because I think two females together, when you've Mm -hmm. been wronged by life so much, you're at each other's throats. So growing up, I never understood her. I I also was so against being, you know, outgoing that like I I didn't want to be her at all. And I never could look at her as the incredible human she is and all that she's done. So that's... Yeah. So that only now... Like in my late twenties, and you know, just turned thirty-one, I, I have had the awareness. Plus, with Plant Madison, to see her beauty as a human being, and you know, all that she came from. She actually was born in Kansas City and was the only artistic person at that time kind of in our family that really wanted to go for it. And she got, you know, accepted to a ballet company at 16 and was in Paris mm-hmm. at 16. And, you know, that type of drive, I never saw that when I was her age. So I'm so grateful. I can see her for who she is now.
0: That's interesting. Cause I, it for me growing up, like I thought the parents were the, the be all end all. And then as I grow, as I understand the world in greater complexity, I'm like, wow, they're just people too, trying to figure it out in mm-hmm. real time so that you're like, you're growing into the, the, the beauty of, of your parents is, is very different.
1: Yeah. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> from, from, I think
0: the average experience.
1: Yeah. Well, I also think that's amazing though, because you can start in two different ends of the spectrum in life mm-hmm. and then you find this middle ground where, you know, everything's okay and you can understand and make peace with it all. You know, like even if you do see like, Oh, my parents are just people, you know, you can be at peace with that too. But I think it's, I don't know. It was hard for me because when you grow up not feeling understood And especially just with one parent who is just as artistic and out there, Mm -hmm. you know, you feel alone. So a lot of me as growing into both my artistry and as a human being, understanding that you kind of pave your own way in life and you are not the people who created you. And that's a gift because we're creating a new world every single day.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I totally agree with. But also old habits die hard. (laughs) And I learned a lot of habits from the people who raised me. I know, right? You know how it can go. But I don't know, like maybe you kind of dodged a bullet because if your dad wasn't around, then you don't pick up any of the bad habits from him. Like if if you're 15 when you meet him, you can be like, wait, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Instead of it being ingrained, and that's just how you do things when you're growing up. It sounds like I'm really shitting on my dad. I'm not. I love my dad a lot. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> He's a really, both my parents are really, really good. Yeah. It's just I, d- I didn't understand how complex they were when I was a kid because I didn't understand how complex anything was in the world when I was a kid because yeah. I was a kid. Yeah. So uh, let's let's talk a little bit about your, your uh, work. Sure. Are you a public persona in your mind?
1: Not at all. No. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I kind of have the back alleyway route with my career. I have never signed a major label deal. Um, all, most of the work that I've done has been indie and I started my career in my apartment. So, I mean, right after I graduated high school, I did a year of university um, and then decided I really wanted to go to Hollywood, learn recording engineering and build my own home studio, similar to what I had in high school. And I just wanted, you know, full creative control and to be able to be myself and not have to, I guess, sacrifice my authenticity, but also explore like what 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 can I do from My own four walls, you know, what, what can happen with the internet? And I just found it unbelievable. Like just being in your own house, how you can be played in Japan and, Mm -hmm. you know, Australia and Mexico and Lithuania, like, um,
0: what, what, what's your software?
1: My software, I use Logic Pro.
0: Hell yeah, you do. Yeah, That's do you where use I that? hang out. Yep, yeah, yeah, yep, That's
1: yep. it. It's the best. Yeah, no, yeah. it's
0: really simple, really intuitive. Are you are you buying plug in packs or are you, are you everything off the shelf? Like what?
1: Yeah, well, um, I. Out of the
0: box, whatever that expression I'm is. I'm
1: obsessed. Well, what I love about Logic is um, how much it has built in. I love the compressors, the EQs, even the delays and the, you know, all the different options that they have to tweak things with effects, but um, I'm a virtual instrument junkie. I love, you know, sampling things. So I'm I'm really outside the box while being inside the box. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, got a quick question for you on your bass. So I was listening to some of your tracks. Are you doing how are, are you doing one compressor on your bass, or are you using multiple compressors for your your kind of bassy sounds?
1: Just one compressor. Okay. Yeah.
0: I just started noodling with. I put a compressor on at top, then I do all my other little effects, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then another compressor at the bottom. Really? Yeah. It fattens it. Does it's it not, really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Not that your bass has sounded thin, but I was yeah. wondering. I just kind of wondered like what your setup was for the low end. Wow. It's yeah. always low end where I feel like I'm coming up short when I do my stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, mastering a lot of the time because I have a mastering engineer. I take everything. Oh, to okay. Him, okay. Okay. And then we sit together with you know. Everything that I've mixed and then I hear what's lacking, you know, because with my style of music, I don't want it too bass heavy because I'm very treble, treble heavy. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I, I kind of just want it to be like a, a warm blanket.
0: Yeah. Kind of. Well, that's it. It just feels really. Really thick, like it feels good. Your base, okay. And and I liked it a lot, so that's why I kind of wanted to know, yeah, pull back the curtain to share your secrets with us. Sausage made,
1: yeah. Well, well, to really answer your question, I Mm -hmm. go with feeling, okay. You know, I mean, you can stack things however you want, but you got to make sure it feels good, so that's that's really what you go with.
0: Do you ever have trouble getting out of bed? Does that hit you? Does it hit you that in that way? Um. Here's the thing. This comes up in my mind a lot. Yeah. Like every, you, you line up 10 people who, who battle with depression. Yeah. And you look at those 10 people and it's going to look the same. Yeah. Um, but if you get inside the heads and hearts of those 10 people it might not be the same. It might be 10 completely different experiences, but it's very hard to see how differently depression can be experienced across the board or how any, any, any mental illness or any mental experience. Yeah. It, Cause it often looks the same yeah. across the board, but it doesn't feel the same. No. So what, what does it, what does it feel like when it, for you, we don't have to speak on yeah. the person who can't get out of bed, but.
1: Oh, for me, yeah. my God, you would not think because um. I'm pretty kind and, you know, nice to people, but on bad days for me where I just feel too much and life is overwhelming, you just want to crawl in a hole and just go away. Like you don't want to exist. And, you know, those, I think with my own healing, I've, I've, I've rooted back to where those feelings came from. Um, and it's really of unworthiness and not understanding that you have a place on this planet and there's so much external things that you want to identify with that make you acceptable or lovable. And if you don't feel like you have those things or you don't love the way you look or, you know, just you don't feel right today. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't. At least for me, I've, I've had those feelings where like I do get out of bed, but I'll go outside and I'll lay on grass and I'll look at the sky and say, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. I don't understand Life. I don't like that everyone's suffering. I don't like my own suffering. I want to live in a place that doesn't have this pain. And I have to do breathing exercises to get through it. And, you know, I I meditate and I have to work through it. And then usually on the other side, I see the clarity and the reasoning behind it. And I create art from that space. I I tell other people that what I experienced today, I, I feel like a warrior that I got out of that because sometimes people don't and that's the only thing that really you can do with it you know but overall though I want to live in a world that doesn't even have that
0: do you think you'd be able to make your art without that experience it sounds like it's been something that's been woven into your your fiber from a young age yeah and probably informed every every piece of creative material you've you've built yeah Uh, could it can you have why without X?
1: That's where I'm at right now. I'm writing a new record and okay. it's called Echoes of Eternity. And all before this period of my life, I was. I don't wanna say extremely damaged, but I, you know, was in therapy and really dealing with heavy baggage of yeah, you know yeah. your early childhood memories, of being sexually assaulted, of like having different things in your life that you cannot let go of and that form they almost calcify really bad qualities. And for me, I would walk through life not trusting anybody and constantly feeling like I wasn't measuring up enough and I was failing at everything, even though I would have wonderful moments and I, I really healed a lot of that. And then a big fear that came up was, where's my art if I'm not sad? And that's when, you know, the plant medicine, you know, mm-hmm. really took me to this beautiful light inside myself and said, so this is where the the beauty comes from. And I started really tapping into that in my work and realizing I don't have anything that I want to express of the old me. Like I don't have, I'm heartbroken and I'm angry. I don't have a lot of those that I'm bringing to this new work. I'm I'm really talking about oneness. And, you know, when you look up at the sky, what the hell is out there, you know? And like tapping into those Grand Canyon moments, you know?
0: (laughs) Everything else, that's what I'm guessing is up there.
1: (laughs) Everything else, yeah. I mean I I just think that there's so much to tap into that I have been conditioned to not trust um and that's just serenity and beauty.
0: I don't want to get into like lurid details but you did drop sexual assault. Can you give us some frame for that and I not like juicy yeah. gossip but just not like of course. Like what it what how what was that?
1: Well with the this whole me too thing I it, I think it's really beautiful that People, men and women, are coming out saying, this happened to me. And unfortunately, I was five years old. I was a child, and I was uh, abused by my babysitter. Um, And I grew up so disturbed with my own body and trusting anybody um, because of that. And, you know, being a child, you're not supposed to be exposed to sexuality. Um, It really does destroy a part of your psyche so a lot of that was having to go to therapy and realizing it's okay and that was a big part of when i hit puberty it was like you know i didn't understand my own body i didn't want to be in my own body because of what had happened to me and um you know that's that's something that i have such deep compassion with you know with people and part of the reason why i'm so open to talking about it
0: so i i haven't ever been sexually assaulted, but like, I'm just trying to get a beat on, on what the, you know, what the feelings were over the years. So when you're in a, it sounds like kind of like when you were in your child's body, it was, you could back burner it maybe. And then when you're, through adolescence, like your body is becoming mm. like a, a an adult yeah. It's becoming a sexual thing. Yeah. So like you can't back burner it. Is that no. what uh, kind of what it was like? Or I'm, I'm just trying to get a beat yeah. on, on, on the.
1: I've written about it because okay. it's, you know, there's certain memories in your childhood that you forget, you know, that type of thing is a stain. You mm-hmm. you remember the the sheets you were laying on and the room and the, the carpet and like all the different, you know, just textures that make you so sick and, And I think as a child, you're so sensitive to your environment that you, you, I never backburnered it. I, I, I never did. I constantly, sorry, I I didn't mean to be
0: like putting assumptions on I'm just trying to get a feeling for, for how it moved through the years.
1: Psychologically, that's actually how I started. I wrote my first song. My mother, um, after she took me to the police and they, you know, believed my story, um, and Shout therapy. out to the
0: police who believed oh, your story. Incredible. Like th- yeah. that's not the only <laughs> experience people have when they go to the police. No, with they a, were incredible. Yeah. And they got
1: me to the right child psychologist. And, um, I was in therapy for a really long time. And, uh, I, when I first, because my mom had a piano when I she got off tour, we went to Las Vegas for a little bit. She had a house and uh, she taught me piano and she got me a bunch of animals, which was the most beautiful thing you could do for a child that's been abused is animals are so healing. So I had cats and dogs. It was amazing. And she taught me the piano. And when she wasn't around, I literally would sit at the piano because I had heard music so much of my life. I would have this pain, this heaviness. And I would sit and I would try to express that feeling. And I started writing songs in minor keys. Mm-hmm. And my mom came in and she goes, who taught you that? I said, I just felt them like that. She goes, oh my gosh. And she started writing down my songs on notation paper. She's a musician mm-hmm. and recording it. And she's like, "Wow!" And I realized that music was a language that I could express my pain in. And yep, then when I got yep, into, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, and and that was mostly, I think, music is my first language. And then when I got into high school, that like you said, physically, it's the most traumatizing thing when you're bo- you can't stop your body from yeah, changing. yeah, yeah. It is so terrifying and awful. And I remember not wanting to be in a human body. I just disassociated from anything. I actually called myself asexual for a long time because I just didn't I didn't want I that part of my my psyche had been ruined. For me, I was just a human being who had been traumatized. I was mm-hmm. in a ton of pain and I didn't know how to accept my body. And so that's why I called myself asexual, but all I needed was, you know, a really good therapist in those later years of my life which I did. Um, and then to fall in love with somebody who could help heal me that way, which I did and that was the most healing experience.
0: How did that let's talk about let's let's talk about something <laughs> that that's sunshiny <laughs> <laughs> How did that happen? Like what what do you mean who who is the, the person?
1: Oh, my current husband. Um my current husband. <laughs> current meaning like <laughs> my current is my this only rotating? husband, my, my rotating husband. This one. Okay. No, no, I got married a couple years ago, but I met him eight years ago. Um and Is
0: he your first husband or
1: my first and only hopefully. Okay, so the current yeah.
0: thing was totally uh uh <laughs> I'm a MacGuffin. <laughs> a, mis-
1: a, MacGuffin. <laughs> a mistake on words. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I, I met, um, I had actually, I had, i gotten into a really bad relationship. It was very abusive. I was with somebody who treated me horribly.
0: How old were you in it? On uh, that 18 one? So you're off the hook. That.
1: Yeah. But that's... you know, like those daddy issues creep up and you just, yeah. you don't have the self esteem. You meet somebody who just wants to call you a piece of shit, you know, and you're just like, yeah, you're the only one who will love me, you know? And I was in that for like four years and I finally found the self-esteem.
0: Did he start off charming or was he just like, you're a piece of shit, come date me?
1: No, you started off really charming. Oh, okay. Really okay. charming. So they usually That's do. how they get you. That's how they get you. Yep. Oh, he was fantastic. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then yep. once they have you, then they start like controlling your every movement. You're cheating on them with yep. everybody. And it's just like, oh my God. You know, so that, that was something that, you know, I knew was for my evolution as a strong independent woman, because when I found the courage to leave, I really did. And I totally like had that inner reserve of like, I can do absolutely anything if I do this, because it's the hardest thing I've ever done. And I was alone for like two years after that. I was married to my music. I, all attention was on myself, on my healing. I was going to the Korean spa all the time and just like meditating in the sauna and the salt room and like treating my body really well, eating right, you know, and just giving my power back and realizing I don't need another human being to put my, my, or complete my void. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I, I'm I totally whole as I am.
0: <laughs> you get the first poll.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Hit us up. What have you got? And you're allowed to, you're allowed to ask me or you're allowed to answer the question. Oh yourself. no,
1: I pulled my own.
0: That is a true blind poll. Congratulations. What's your, what was your question? Well, I
1: just asked that. Let oh me ask God. it. Let me ask it. Okay. Let me ask
0: that one. Have you ever fallen in, in love and if... <laughs>
1: See, I know, I know. Okay, yeah. <laughs>
0: have you ever fallen in love? And if so, how did you know it was love? That's that's why we dinged. What have you got? Hit us up.
1: Oh, wow. Theology. Am I allowed yeah. to curse?
0: You're, hold on. Do you want some music to get into this one?
1: Well, no. What does it mean? <laughs> F it. Let's get into it.
0: Yeah, theology.
1: What? Theology.
0: Theology. The, the Bible. Religion. I think, I think we have a pretty good picture of where you, where you land, but let's, let's, let's lay it on the line. Let's, uh, here's, let's get some music going on. (laughs) You and and I, we've both seen the spirit world and come back from it. Yeah. Do you believe in a, a monotheistic experience, a polytheistic, or are you agnostic, atheistic? Where do you land on this broad, beautiful spectrum in which everyone, everyone is welcome?
1: Well, honestly, I believe that there is a, uh,
0: the musical a s- burn down. <laughs> I'm like, I'm
1: like, That's
0: really distracting. Oh my God. It's really distracting. <laughs> All these songs are just a little too long. <laughs> so where are you? Where are you? What do you, you uh, pray?
1: I do. Okay. I, I am. I am. Spirituality is the biggest thing in my life. It is everything to me. And I think as a child, my music taught me that something beautiful can come through you and no matter what darkness you're in or experiencing on this, this plane or this dimension, there is a higher light and intelligence. And I can't explain where my music comes from, Mm -hmm. but it is an energy that is not from me. And even in my darkest days, beautiful sounds have always come out of me. And that's been my greatest teacher and that there is something else at play, and as I've explored this, I've gotten into meditation with plant medicine, um, and um, even with my prayer life. I don't my my type of God or whatever there is isn't in a book, and it's not you know described by anything really. I've heard. I just know it's it's love. It's a it's it's a love that is unpenetrable, and I can't explain what we're doing here or why there's so much pain. I just know that there's a higher intelligence that knows what what's it, it's intended for if that makes sense
0: there's a first good thing it's my turn I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit you up with some <laughs> some of my secret sauce That's... thank you hilliard guess baby writers what do you have to say about baby writers
1: Baby writer? What is a baby writer?
0: That's what I asked him when he pulled that on his episode. Uh, Somebody somebody who's just getting into the game. Oh. But we talked about that at the top, didn't we?
1: Yeah, we did. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Your turn. Okay. Oh. What have you got? Who is, was your greatest influence?
0: Hey, that's a big one that we haven't really touched on.
1: Yeah. Um...
0: Enya, Tori, your mother, is there one that, that, or is it the kind of the three of those? In a...
1: I think it would be, you know, I would say, yeah, the, th- the three of those, but, um, now for me today, my, my greatest influence is more like in the metaphysical realm, like a book that changed my life was Neil Donald Walsh's conversations with God, um, when I was writing my last album, The Ethereal Blues, I was so terrified to write and questioning everything and reading his words. he he basically was homeless. He was in a really bad car accident. He was homeless and um, worked his way back up from being on the streets for over a year and found himself in the same mundane rut where he was just not happy and he's like I lost everything I've gained it all back what is the meaning of life and he sat down with a pen and a paper and wrote an angry letter to god and he started responding to himself like the pen started moving and all this wisdom started answering and i was like yeah right you know and i read the book and it was the most beautiful depiction of whatever god could be it was all loving non-judgmental just accepting of everything and I was like, oh, my God, you know, and that started bringing music up into my mind. And instead of listening to music, I was reading words and tapping into my own silence. And, you know, I, I really have to thank him for a lot of that, because that's how I kind of work now.
0: I um, liked that answer. I liked it a lot. We're going to ding out. Because so- okay. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> Oh, here we go. This is some hard hitting journalism we're about to get into. Look out. Oh no. If you were a Starbucks drink, what would you be?
1: Ooh. That's a good one. Um didn't they have that unicorn drink like a while ago that they did. got banned?
0: They did. It was
1: <laughs> It was too good and too bad at the same time. There, there you
0: it is. go. <laughs> You're nailing them. You're good at this (laughs) fishbowl. Sometimes it goes off the rails at this point, but you're just... You'd be good on that the the dating game show where they ask a question for three eligible bachelors or bachelorettes.
1: Oh, my God. You'd probably run, though, because they're all creepy. Surviving Hollywood.
0: Hey, what have you got to say about... That's another Hilliard guest. This episode is magnetically pulled towards previous guest Hilliard guest.
1: Wow. Surviving Hollywood. So, you know, being born in Los Angeles and then... um, Moving back when I was about 11 and living Mm -hmm. in Hollywood, um, I think surviving, it's it's unreal. Everything is so expensive. There's a giant facade of, it's like a, a giant sparkly cake, you know, with all the best icing and it's just like rotting underneath it. You know, there's, because then you have skid row, you know, which is very close by and, you know, you've got thousands of people sleeping on the streets and people Mm -hmm. walk over them every day. And I think surviving it I have to say a prayer and put crystals in my pocket every time I walk outside to avoid road rage, avoid car accidents, which I've been in several and, um, literally like just focus on the light within myself and with everyone else and everybody that I meet, I try to just be kind to grocery Mm -hmm. store, Starbucks, you know, like homeless people, like, Everybody, Because I think we're all surviving this place and you can put up walls and become like a really mean person because you're just trying to survive too. So I just think trying to be kind in a very rough environment.
0: You are doing better at the fit. Not that it's a competition, (laughs) but you are like, you're really good at this format. Thanks. All right. What do we got? Yanni or Laurel?
1: Oh, that, (laughs) you know what? at first I thought it was, I, I've heard both.
0: Okay. I've heard both.
1: It's the frequency. You, yeah. So one has more bass and one has more, more high yep, pitch frequency, yep, yep, but yep. I think that I've lost a little bit of hearing because I'm constantly blasting my headphones. So I think I heard Yanni first. Mm-hmm. And then I heard Laurel when I like pitch shifted or I, I did yeah. the EQ to it. I yeah.
0: Said. Like I would hear Yanni when it was on my headphones and then Laurel yeah. when it was coming out of the iPhone speakers, like it would change depending on, on what the delivery system was. That was a fascinating question. Yeah. <laughs> Your turn. You know, you're allowed to ding it too. You can, you can re- ding the thing.
1: What would be the title of your autobiography?
0: I think a couple have come up. There were a couple times you said something and I thought like, that'd be good. That'd be a good title.
1: <laughs> but what you. would it be? I'm
0: not going to, I'm not going to inject myself. I won't insinuate myself into your answer. What's, what what would your autobiography be called?
1: Oh gosh, that's, uh, I, that this is what I'm going to stink at. I, I, what do you say? Um, how to be magical in an unmagical world?
0: Aww.
1: <laughs> How to keep the magic alive when you can't see it anymore? I don't know, like
0: <laughs> finding magic,
1: finding finding
0: magic. the magic. Whatever. Uh, were you dreamy, Mimi? Like, was that a nickname that landed early in your life? Yes, it, okay.
1: was. it was. Where'd
0: that come from? Was that your mother or
1: multiple people have joked that way? Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. So maybe. i I don't know yes
0: (laughs) yes yes
1: yes.
0: (laughs) what are some of your favorite films in the sci-fi genre
1: oh the best are you kidding okay um
0: let's do one and let's like go back and forth okay, you name one Moore. i'll name one you name uh, one i'll name one
1: well i don't know if this we vanilla sky that's sci-fi that's sci-fi
0: yeah yeah, yeah. that's a good one yeah, i love nice. that one. rock salt. i like the shot when he puts the mask on the back of his head oh. in the club and he's like doing those rotations and you're so just good. like this is poetry yeah. in motion it is i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna see your vanilla sky and raise you an eternal sunshine of the spotless mind <gasps> i love that how heartbreaking is that film
1: and Jim Carrey's my favorite. Yeah. He's just my favorite human. But that 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 movie was just so sad. Yeah, and that, beautiful.
0: That yeah yeah and yeah and I'm so happy that we can squeeze that one into the sci-fi genre just because it's like fictional technology. It is. So yeah, we get in there.
1: It is. What have you got next? What do I got next? Um, I would say, uh, oh, uh, The Arrival.
0: The arrival is that, yeah, that
1: just came out. It was okay. With, it's the um, new one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. About the aliens coming yep, down. Yep.
0: Yep. The giant like coffee bean ship that floats Yeah, yep, the yep, coffee yep.
1: bean ship. Yeah. But that the aliens were highly evolved and very, um, loving towards us. And you know, we're communicating that way. That's what I think is actually happening. So I was like, thank you. Whoever channeled this message. <laughs>
0: okay. Uh, I recognize your arrival. I'm going to fold and just say Terminator two.
1: Oh, a good one. <laughs> what
0: have you got? We'll do one more each.
1: Um, the uh Annihilation I loved that one. I haven't
0: seen that one. Oh,
1: it's so good. another alien one.' Okay. <laughs> it was so good.
0: And you know alien.
1: Yes! Alien, except those were bad aliens.
0: They were so bad. They were, they were just terribly <laughs> naughty aliens in that film. Well,
1: I'm going to one-up your bad alien with a good alien and say E.T.
0: Oh, well, come on. That's yes. such a good film. So good. Okay, I got to do one more. I got to do one more, and then we'll ding. If I can't think of it, uh, 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 what's a good sci-fi film? Ah! Come on. I guess that's not my, that's not where I spent. Oscar.
1: Oscar? Yeah,
0: you haven't seen it because I'm still writing it. Oh. But it's so damn good. Get ready. Uh-oh. Mm. Okay. Ooh. All right. For those of you keeping score at home, that was me hitting the guest mic, which is the first time that's happened. Every episode, the guest will hit the mic about 17 times. Got it. But I've never hit the guest mic before, and you didn't hit it at all today, which left me heartbroken. <laughs> you pull the last one, and then we'll, we'll wind it on down. Oh, you're so close. You almost got yours.
1: Oh, again. Movie Mad Libs? No. Sorry.
0: <laughs> Sorry, Dad. You got rejected. That was my dad's suggestion. He wanted that one put in.
1: Oh! Now that is
0: called bookends. Yes. The first poll and the last poll.
1: Yes. Do you believe aliens are real? If so, what do you think they would think of humanity?
0: Uh, I think that's... Both questions are pretty simple. Yeah. Obviously, yes, aliens are real. It's just statistically speaking that there are so many stars in the sky. There's yeah. got to be a planet that's habitable somewhere on one of those millions and billions of stars. Mm-hmm. Second of all, if an alien species... Now, I'm just going straight logic, and you can you can, you can can counterpoint me however you want. You can rebut till <laughs> the cows come home. Uh, if there is an alien species that has the technology to make it to Earth, they will not be interested in us because we are so far behind on the... Technology that they're rocking that they would just be like look at those little amoebas rolling around in the mud. Isn't that darling? So I don't think they'd be impressed. I don't think they'd even be the Remotely interested in what we're doing right now if they could make it out here What do you think?
1: What do I think? Well over the past year? I've gotten really interested in past life regressions and hypnosis Mm -hmm. and a lot of Incredible.
0: Have uh, you ever done Joe Ray?
1: Joe Ray. What's Joe Ray?
0: That's it's what my mom does. She'll be in town in a couple of weeks. We'll get you over here for a Joe Ray session. Maybe you'll enjoy it. I don't know.
1: Really? Well, what is it?
0: It's she could explain it better than I could.
1: Wow. Huh?
0: How do you like that? Selena? You're not the special guest on this episode. It's mom. (laughs) So anyway, uh, past life regression,
1: past life regression. Well, after some plant medicine ceremonies where I saw beings that were Mm -hmm. highly evolved and very loving and beautiful that were not from here. Um, I started reading about hypnosis and that if you could reach a deep altered state and live past lives, um, what would be that lifetime? And um, an amazing hypnotherapist named Alba Weinman, who I follow on YouTube, she films all of her clients. um, She started getting clients talking about past lives on other planets and that they were, I guess, this lifetime – called on a mission to help earth ascend. And, um, they consider themselves light workers or, you know, volunteers to come help eradicate the darkness and kind of move into an age of love. And that resonated with me a lot. Um, because, you know, who knows where we were before we were here, you know, and I think it's a complete possibility. So maybe we have been aliens in a past life and we just don't know.
0: Any, any, extraterrestrial beings who want to swing by and (laughs) create more light here you are warmly welcome
1: please come now (laughs) we
0: would love to have you swing on by uh then let's let's do the wind down music
1: sounds good
0: this has been the hollywood fishbowl and i've been your host jesse kester i will of course continue to be jesse kester If you liked what you heard, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at HWFishbowl. And we are on the internet at www.HollywoodFishbowl.com. But of course, it's not about us. It's about the guest. Dreamy Mimi, where can we find you?
1: (laughs) You can find me. <laughs> at MimiPage.com.
0: You, you really retreated from the voice.
1: You can find me at me. <laughs> <laughs> I can do it. <laughs> you can find me at MimiPage.com. And uh, MimiPage Music on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.
0: Excellent. And usually we just wind down with this music, but what I'd like to do is play one more of your songs if you'll allow us. Sure. Transcending the Physical, is that the correct title? That is. And anyone who was on the YouTube feed will see that I had no memory of what it was. (laughs) Here we go. Transcending the Physical by the one, the only, the illustrious, Mimi B.